I am recording now. Okay, I'm also recording. I'm recording too. Welcome everybody to another episode of Take Two. And uh, today is actually a special edition because it's a working work from, from home, home edition. edition yeah. <laughs> you got to say that too as well, Simon. All right, working from home edition. I love it. Today, we have had the absolute pleasure of having a special guest, someone that we've worked very closely with previously. And um, I guess now in a time where things have been super challenging and um, things have just really required us to adapt and change, and you know be our best selves in that way uh, mm. we've got someone who helps to bring out the best in people uh, and that's simon from sorry simon wood from seedling cts hello everyone lovely it's great to great to be here thanks for having me um on board guys yeah no worries always a pleasure social distancing is working <laughs> yeah whatever we can do to flatten that curve hey let's just flatten that curve mm-hmm. i think it's going to be a long time before that curve flattens by the way I think we're in for a next wave and a next wave, and all the indications are that this is going to be. This is a bit of a long, a long ride. A few months ahead. <laughs> yeah, which is hard yeah. to get your head around, isn't it? It just mm. doesn't seem to compute. Sorry, Kurt, I just started talking. Well, I'm going to be so shredded by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everyone's working out. That's everyone's outlet, right? Everyone's going to be totally buff. Yeah. <laughs> Once summer hits, everyone's just going to be walking around like shirtless. Okay, we've got David, we've got Kurt as well. First of all, thanks everyone for joining. Um, let's just see how everyone is because um, interesting times mm. calls for interesting rhymes. Now everybody has to rhyme and say, <laughs> no. Um, how is everyone? You go ahead, Dave. Yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, Again, interesting times, uh, readjusting as a lot of other people are in this tumultuous period. Mm. Um, yeah, just trying to, I think most importantly, just trying to keep positive, trying to keep my head up high yeah. and just trying to be as productive as possible. Mm. And also at, in that same note, just trying to check in with other people um, as mm. much as I can, even people that you know I haven't been talking to in a while. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's basically how I've been feeling recently. Mm. And I'll mm. throw that ball back to you, Simon. No, I, I recognize that. It's interesting. I mean, so am I well? I'm well. I don't have coronavirus. I'm well. I'm eating very healthily because it's all no takeout food while this is going on. This is all eating from the fridge. There's a family here that is confined to premises. One of those family members is a two-year-old. So it's a little bit like every now and then, unleashing a feral cat in the house and just watching it run around destroy everything um there's a little bit of cabin fever taking place as i said to you guys earlier my partner's you know she's going through cancer treatment so we're in total lockdown and we have been for about three weeks and i think the first week i was really struggling um uh, i'm still you know a little bit like what you're saying david a little bit sort of coming to terms with it all and, and balancing this pressure of the productivity piece right you know you know oh well we've got to we've somehow got to keep going we've got to keep making moves and i see a lot of people putting that pressure on themselves including myself and i'm wondering whether actually that is the right way at the moment i'm actually starting Mm. to question whether we are so used to just running on the treadmill that to stop 
might be the universe saying, hey, you know what? You actually don't have to do it like this. We can actually just embrace this moment and maybe let's just wait and see what the dust reveals once it settles a bit. And that's not to say we just sit back and do nothing. Obviously, there's all those concerns. But um, yeah, there's a lot playing on my mind, I think, at the moment. I noticed that the battle's in here, right? Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're in isolation. It's a total yeah, battle in here. Yeah. <laughs> Sort what about thoughts you? that run through your head. Totally. Yeah. Kurt, what about you, brother? Well, I would say I'm feeling quite positive. I think, um, you know, prior to everything slowing down, all of a sudden I was running at like a million miles an hour. So I think mm. like having the universe just kind of stop you in your tracks and be like, yeah. hey, you need to slow down a little bit. That's um, it. It gives you a chance to really, like you were saying, like reflect and um, I guess take the opportunity for what it is. Mm. So I've had like the best sleep that I've had in the last like three, four years. Yeah, but that's probably true, right? Your body is probably grateful for that recuperation, you know? Hang on a sec, my phone just started ringing. But I'm back on, I'm back on. Someone rang through, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, no worries. Um, go- what were you saying, Kurt? Just make sure it's still uh, recording audio. Yeah, so what, awesome. what, what were you saying? You were, you were saying the same thing yourself, Kurt. I mean, go for it, buddy. Um, you know, how, are you, how are you going? You, you, I was saying the body is actually probably enjoying this slowdown to some degree, yeah? Yeah, for sure. And uh, what about your personal relationships, guys? I mean, are you guys um, in partnerships with loved ones? Yeah, so I live with my girlfriend. So okay. we've been living together for like the past few years, so we're pretty used to it. Okay. Right, so you can maintain that. Yeah, but I have to say this is probably the longest that we've been holed up together in a while because we're usually <laughs> quite busy. <laughs> so there are moments where just, we're just kind of like going a bit crazy ourselves and, you know, semi-driving each other crazy at times. But in saying that, it is a... Funny, isn't it? Yeah, but it's definitely a blessing um, to mm. at least go through this with someone that close. That's it. Yeah, so just appreciating that as much as I can. Yeah. Kurt, what about your girl? Is she with you? Do you live together? Um, so she uh, lives with her parents. It's it's more like um, I think, well, been able to um, like get a lot of like the stuff that needs to be done um, and see each other over like the past weeks. Um, I guess like preparing for like the more mm. severe restrictions. But now I guess coming to terms with the fact that like I might not be able to see each other. Um, is a little bit challenging, like honestly. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, fondness. Yeah. Oh, what, would be. absence makes the heart grow fond. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, and that's it, it, what will be, will be, right? I mean, it's not like she's out there partying up with other people. We're all in this <laughs> together, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if she is, she's probably an evil person that needs to be fined a lot of money. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it will be a good test. It's a big test for everyone, isn't it? I think I heard a saying someone said the other day, this is like the Earth said, sent everyone back to their rooms to think about what they've done. And, uh, <laughs> a moment I, to I repent. Just, you know, you, you've been screwing up the planet. All right, sit back in your rooms. Oh, that's, that's one way to look at it, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's this, you know, I mean... I think things happen and then people derive meaning from them afterwards, right? So we we spend a great deal of our time constructing theories 
and um, uh, deriving intent and purpose in things that didn't have intent and purpose. But a lot of people have that kind of um, belief in, you know, that there's a deterministic view of the world, that these things were meant to happen. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, it can become quite an easy way of thinking. And, you know, I mean, it, we've seen it in the past with, say, you know, people of a particular persuasion, um, you know, saying that the tsunamis were God's revenge or something like this, or people saying that this these bushfires were because the same-sex marriage laws were passed. I mean, people do tend to make up deterministic narratives afterwards, um, but it's really... Um, that doesn't make sense to me because that places too much importance on this individual as if each individual is somehow so massively important they need world events to be taught lessons. <laughs> but I think we derive our meaning afterwards and and what you bring to bear in that conversation will be critical to prepare you for that next one or the one that happens afterwards and the one that happens afterwards. It will be critical for the way you talk about these things with children and with family members. You know, This happened... What does that yeah. mean now? Not what what was intended by that, but what does that mean right now? Um, there's something about slowing down for me. There's something about control. I'm not sure what it is. Um, usually I'm a person that said, all right, if something's going wrong, I'm just going to step up. I'm going to start doing something about it. Whatever situation I'm in, I can control this situation. I'll be the one to stand up and say, all right, okay, Right, you know, you, you know, we've probably all been to those courses where they talk about it's not what happens, it's how you react to it. And, and I think that that then produces this weird kind of belief that you have to do something as opposed to mm. the right reaction sometimes is to do nothing and maybe just learn to accept. Still a behavior, but not one that is usually sort of built into the language around you know, being proactive and productive and all this sort of stuff. And you can see a lot of people scrambling to make sense when their whole identity has been based on their ability to get things done, when their identity is based on how good I am at something or how smart I am or how um, innovative and I can generate a sale here or I can make a product out of this or, you know, you've got to be adaptive, you've got to pivot, you've got to do this and all these languages emerging out there in the cyber conversation and I kind of go well maybe that's just creating a lot more anxiety than you needed to right now do you know I'm sorry I'm rabbiting on here I don't know what the deal is here whether you're meant to be speaking a lot more I just I've just started <laughs> rabbiting I get so yeah. self-conscious maybe it's this social distancing thing this the cyber world I'm just happy to be talking to someone other than a two other than a two-year-old it's the first <laughs> What's faces that? I've seen yeah. in a while <laughs> please talk to me please <laughs> Please, no more Wiggles, you know. Please talk to someone, say something. Please, if I have to watch another Wiggles episode, I'm going to. I will, I will, I will be that guy, you know. But do you know what I mean? Do you know that kind of sense of... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Trying to cre create a meaning out of it because we think we have to or... Um, would, you, would you say it's like a coping mechanism? Mm. I think so. Yeah, that's kind of how I, I feel yeah. like I perceive that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in times of stress, the human reaction is to create structure, right? We want to we want to mm. put structure and control around what we can do. A great example being yeah. the panic buying that's taken place in stores, right? Mm. Um, mm. People went and bought pallets of toilet paper, and uh, I mean, to this day, I still go, "Wow, why that one?" You know, I mean, like if you're going to panic <laughs> buy, 
why toilet paper i get it it's important but you know but what it is is that people they could control that mm. so yeah. all this is chaotic but what i can do is i can make a decision and stock up on toilet paper even though there's no diarrhea with the coronavirus i mean i'm sorry to use the word diarrhea on a podcast but it's, it's not like it <laughs> it's, it's not like asses all around Australia were exploding at a rapid rate, but, but we had to buy toilet, you know, and 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 became this thing. It becomes this place where people place their control, and um, it's funny. We as a race, we I think particularly in the West, where um, individualism is triumphed, uh, you know, uh, individualism is championed, um, mm. therefore. Your resourcefulness is is and merit all good all good things, but there's not a um, there's not a, a conversation enough about letting go and about embracing and acceptance um, as there might be in say Eastern philosophies um, mm. or in uh, Middle Eastern philosophies. Yeah. So it's a very interesting turning point. Hmm. Yeah. What What do you think? I guess on that note, like that sense of control and stuff, like. I guess we'll, we'll quickly go into this first. Like previously, before all this stuff was happening, uh, if you can like run us through or for the audience, um, what you primarily do. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm a, a facilitator, um, a, a consultant in the in the world of leadership predominantly. Yeah. So within organizations, how do they get the best out of their people to be able to help them charter the paths to the various goals? So I... I I um, have a background in psychology, background in management consulting, um, background in sales, and uh, also in yep. acting uh, a long time ago. And I, I work with, with businesses to help it build their leadership bench strength, for what a better word. Um, I yep. come at it from a view that leadership is a set of behaviors that we've all got. We've all got the capacity. It's not role. It's not authority. It's a, it's a thing within us that we choose to deploy at the right time. And not everyone has to be a leader all the time. But you've got to know when your time is to lead. So, you know, I'm running courses, running training, lots of coaching and that sort of stuff. Now, that stopped um, the yeah. moment that Corona went wild. And and even though I'm now rebooking some things that will all be online or via Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever it might be, um, there's certainly been a big, big pause. And so I'm doing a lot of reflection um, because – yeah, sorry, David, you, were, you probably had a follow-up question there – um, I don't know if you want to finish on that and then, yeah, happy to go from there. Well, no, I was just saying that all the stuff that I'm rambling on about now is directly related to leadership. Okay, right? cool. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. directly related to it yeah. because control, um, mm. uh, the way we define success, all of these yeah. variables and beliefs influence the decisions we make. And um, yeah. if we've only got a narrow bandwidth a narrow language for what the human experience is will only lead through that bandwidth and we won't be able to embrace all and we certainly won't be able to adapt to changing circumstances. We'll freak out and that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like you brought up a pretty interesting point about control. So I guess it's kind of like a, a two-pronged question, but um, you were mentioning at the end about letting go of that control. So I was just thinking in this current situation, like where do you find yourself in that sort of equilibrium do you feel like you need to have more sense of control or do you feel like letting go more is the the right response yeah it's a really great question and and i'm i'm uh, noticing a lot about myself as i work through that in a live active petri dish right now um (laughs) yeah uh, so my first instinct when it all happened was to um 
work harder and probably freak out a lot more because I had a huge pipeline of work all in the barrel and, you know, I've built a business, yeah. right? And I built yep. a business that delivers well and has afforded me a, a good lifestyle, I can take care of my children. And that's all been within my control and that's a very empowering, uh, a, a very great generator of self-esteem and confidence. But where I've, what I've come up against is, is that it's actually critical to be able to, um, to identify those things. There is a, a very famous saying, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know it word for word, but it's something along the lines of, give me the strength to um, deal with the things that I can control. Give me the patience to deal with the things I can't control mm. and the wisdom to do to be able to determine which is which. Um, When things are out of our control, I think, you know, I'm pretty good at being, well, that's out of my control. But it's the wisdom of knowing what's out of your control. And that's the key part here of actually going, all right, global pandemic, everything's going to need to readjust. We're going to need to let others lead at this stage. And government is doing a pretty good job in this country, I have to say. so we need to wait for our moment to lead. Yeah. And maybe we, we just need to let go and actually allow events to shape us and inform us. And that is what I've, probably the last week I'm starting to settle into that, but it's a constant mm. toggle. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a, there's, a psycholog- there's a psychological principle called locus of control, right? It was discovered by a guy called Ryder in the 60s, a, a, sort of a personality trait that says, where do you place your center of control internally or externally people that place their control externally are always talking about how things happen to them you know the very victim mentality yeah. uh, that was out of my control and, and and that's correlated with higher anxiety that's correlated usually with people um uh probably being less productive and certainly developing things like conspiracy theories internal locus of control <laughs> yeah. i i hmm. i can change what i do now that's great and that's positive but what it's become is code for if you're not doing something positive to fix it, well then you're you're not being effective. And I think that they, that that pendulum has swung too far, and it actually needs to come back to well, sometimes stuff does happen that's beyond our control, and we actually <coughs> need to go with that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's um, like even in the context of like running a business, for example, and, and things like that. Like it's it's a similar thing where like there, like there are things that are out of your control, um, a lot of it, and you can really just look into like, all right, well, what is it that is, you know, that I'm able to, you know, have some sort of influence over, or um, you know, do I, right, yeah, like, am I even going to be of benefit if I give my two cents, or should I just kind of fall in line for now and and wait for the right moment, right, mm, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. you mentioning how like. Um, before that overwhelming yourself and feeling anxiety from that because you want to keep moving and moving oh, like, yes. that's definitely been a case for me as well in the last couple of weeks where it's like oh oh god yeah. what do i do <laughs> like there's all this time now yeah do i accept it and take a breath or do i just keep holding that breath and just keep you know diving deeper into things right um so yeah that's why i was really interested in like what your idea about balancing that was so so I think I think there is a very necessary conversation um, that we need to have around our 
I think it goes even deep, deeper than ideas of control, right? And if we're talking about leadership, mm. I think that there is a, an emerging realisation that the Western ideal of individual over social right, is now a little bit too much out of whack. So when the fall of communism in, in the USSR sort of occurred, there was no kind of ideological buffer to rampant capitalism, right? And so rampant capitalism has gone bananas. And out of that has been some great things, by the way, you know, um, you know, people that work hard can make money and, and, and opportunity for all these are all good things. And the ability for anyone, go straight up or down, black or white, whatever you might want to say can go, can, can forge a life under that yeah. premise. But it has come at the cost of social bonds, and we've seen we've seen a deterioration in our society um, globally on that Western dimension. But if you come at it from the Eastern perspective, uh, manifest most acutely in that Chinese experiment around the Communist Party of China, which is places the state above the individual. Um, that's gone out of whack too, right? Because we had that incredibly brave doctor in the Wuhan area that identified it was started notifying people about it and was quickly punished for it right but he was brave enough to stand up to say no this is wrong we've got to start telling people about it but the need for group harmony mm. overweighed the need for um caring for individual lives now i think somewhere in between mm. there's this compact that needs to form and and, and and that's why I'm talking about it in relation to control. Because if I'm if I'm an individual and it's all up to the individual and it's all about the individual and the world is about individuals achieving an individual potential, creating business, creating wealth, and there's not an obligation. Uh, n- n- obligation is the wrong word. There's not just a deep recognition that the social unit needs to function in a cohesive way. Then when times like this yeah. happen, the individuals spin out of control and the social unit doesn't work. We need to be able to know yeah. when to lead, but we also need to know when to sit back and le- and be led, right? And that's where trust and social bonds come into this because without that, society falls apart. And we're seeing this in the States, right? The States, my gosh, <laughs> we are looking at, at the beginning of a big reckoning with that culture. Yeah, I think Australians have done it pretty well yeah. by and large. I had a question for you guys, yep. though, and I'm just wondering, because I was talking to a friend of mine who's an, who's an Australian but of Asian descent, right? And she felt that her identity was, as a result of this coronavirus thing, more acutely highlighted as being affiliated with her ancestry. And uh, people, she'd experienced a, a, a real prejudice. And both of you guys... You know, um, you know, have got uh, Asian ancestry, and I'm just wondering whether you've noticed anything like that, or is there anything that's occurred to you, or have you experienced anything like that in this time? Uh, I think yeah. it's very covert. <laughs> <laughs> it's been covert. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll speak firstly for myself. Then, yeah, um, there's definitely been a lot of covert experiences, but is... there's also been some blatant ones. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, nothing too intense on me, which is, you know, which is great. But I heard from, like, direct friends from mine that have had direct, like, scenarios like that happen to them. Um, But for me personally, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, I kind of don't want to wear a mask at times because there's that stigma of, like, if you wear a mask, 
in the Western world, it's looked at as, oh, this person's st- uh, sick, stay away. But in the Eastern world, right. wearing a mask is all about um, community. It's about Blood, protecting politeness. yourself and protecting others. So it's just being polite and trying to keep everyone safe. Hmm. And then the one day that I went to Chatsum to get some uh, groceries and to buy a book, I wore a mask. <laughs> and I'm walking out through the shopping center and then this man that walks past me just goes, mask. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? So random. Well, he, ju- he just said the word mask. Yeah, he just looked at me in like a, like a, ugh, like, and he just said mask. And I was like, mask. <laughs> yeah. Was he a caveman? I have no Tree. idea. Rock. <laughs> it was just like the one day I wore a mask out and that was my first experience. But, 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 but basically you felt, and this is the covert thing, that there was some sort of comment. Yeah. Oh, look, there, there's another mask wearing Asian. Yeah. Um, that that helped to create this virus or something along these lines, yeah. right? Yeah, and then obviously just seeing all yeah. the articles and news that's like Asians getting beaten up and uh, racist slurs really? and stuff. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of it like See, going on around oh, the man, like it just that's shocking. Yeah, like that doesn't obviously help, but yeah. Kurt, you say you say it's more covert. Yeah. Do you say, mate? Um, yeah, I think it's like it's just a very a telling time where sometimes people's prejudices come out like almost seeping through the cracks and then mm. like their own mm. personal like biases towards like people who look like us or people who like you know sort of sound like us or act like us it's like excuse they, to be they xenophobic. Can, yeah they, they, like they'll say something that is like um subtly racist but then when you call them out on they're like no nah, no nah, that's not it like i'm talking about you know like what you see on the news and stuff and you're like this makes no sense yeah. at all you can't justify that mm. kind of behavior just because of you know your ignorance because you know like oh it's um it, i guess it, it, it goes down to like a, a like a more deep-seated kind of um part of their personality but it's it's i guess maybe not intentionally to be malicious but it's still not helping um and i think it's more just like all right we have to stop it in its tracks yeah it's it's a yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we know that in times of great crises, people go back to their groups. They tend to unite by their groups. Sorry if that sound's coming through. My two-year-old's coming through the front door. He's been out looking for dig- <laughs> diggers. Okay. But in times of crisis, people go to their groups, right? And and we, we stick in our, stick by our tribes and we... we, um, we and all the, all the psychological research suggests it doesn't matter what group it is. It could be a football group. Or it could be a an ethnic group is that you maximize the virtues of the group and you maximize the deficiencies of the out group the people that are you know n- not part of the group mm. that's just that comparative behavior and it's happened across the lands for generations but this is what it gets this is the problem we've got with in terms of the social cohesion right is that unless we do the work investing in our society investing in social bonds and connections of all races and colors and creeds what is it to be australian you know all this sort of stuff unless we're investing in that yeah. we don't have that foundation when shit like this goes on can i say that here yeah yeah totally sure. <laughs> um but because if you look at what's happening in the states a totally tribalized society now i mean beyond even just the republican democrat thing you know conservative and liberal you've got latinos blacks asian you got you know you've got your white upper class, your white trash, you know, there's all these groups, right? Christian, non-Christian, mm. you know, but 30,000 different denominations of Christian, literally 30,000 different <laughs> denominations of Christian. And they all 
you know, all sort of muscling up against and trying to establish their identity. And so, of course, when a time of crisis comes, there's no unity, there's no cohesion upon which to fall. I don't think we're there yet because, by and large, Australians have been doing the right thing. I'm sorry to hear about the attacks on on, um, people of Asian descent. I mean, that just disgusts me. I mean, it makes me feel sick when I hear that. And I'm sorry that you, as my fellow Australian, have some part of you that goes, oh, I'm not maybe in the majority here and I might just need to double check that. Is there an intention there? I mean, those little mm. blips in your focus just detract from you being on your game, you know, and um, it's not cool. But we're not at that American level yet, thankfully. Um, but we will go there if we continue down this selfish self-focused individual over society piece i think yeah i think um one one thing that i i saw recently um like when they were analyzing how um singapore had um mm. kind of managed the early stages of the coronavirus outbreak um i think just seeing how like people had a large trust in their government um and not saying yes. that you know that really applies to us but um i think it's more just understanding that there are a different group of people who live in a different way and they, yep. um, you know, they also are right and we are also right. But like just to, to think that there's no one single way or solution to address anything. And yeah. um, I guess like beyond this point to see that like the individual perspectives and the community perspectives from all the way other side is actually yep. like really valuable. Spot on. And, and, and it is about trust in government because, it, yes, a totally different system to ours, by and large, it's a, it's a what would you call it, an, an or, they call it a demo, democratic autocracy. But, um, and, you know, governed by predominantly Southeast Asian values. Um, but, yeah, they nailed it, right? Nailed it down. And the reason they did, as you rightly said, is they just trust the government's going to do it and we're just going to follow that suit. Whereas... People have been acting up against these measures here because of trust. Mm. You're dead right. In the United States, they trust the government even less. People are buying up guns. People are, you know, people are going to their security, their fortresses, both literally and metaphorically. These are interesting yeah. times. I know that's almost a cliche now, isn't it, though, fellas? But um, yeah. I, I also think it's a, a pretty interesting time to be alive. I mean... No, definitely. <laughs> You know, I mean, we'll be telling our kids, I was there when COVID happened. <laughs> you know, it'll be this sort of, uh, uh wasn't as bad as, oh, you, you kids have got it easy. We had the COVID crisis, you know. <laughs> I mean, I we we, we couldn't get Uber Eats. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. How have you been finding the government's response here? How have you guys um, been thinking about it? Um... I mean, like, I think in terms of overall response, um, yeah, I think they've been doing a decent job. There are times where I feel like if they're a bit more proactive in terms of being quicker to react to certain things, um, mm. then it could have, like, possibly, you know, not let it snowball to this sort of growth, uh, if you mm. call it that way. But overall, I think... Um, you know, yeah. at least they're doing their best to update as much as they can every day, mm. which is better than, you know, not doing anything mm. at all. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. like you were saying, like there's different countries, everyone 
it's doing their own thing. It's not the right or wrong way. Um, each community, each country, each government has their own approach to it. So we can't mm. go, oh, hey, Korea and China did this and Singapore did this. We have to do exactly that. It's like different mm. society. It's not going to mm. exactly fit the same way. So mm. as much as we can go like, hey, this country is doing a better job than us, you know, we, we can't exactly mm. apply that and blanket rule it just like that. It's not that simple. Mm. Um, yeah, but given you know, the context of where we are and our community, I think, yeah, I think this is, it's doing pretty well. Like Australia has a strong medical field as well. So I'm not too, true. too um, worried in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. true. Great medical system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, like just seeing, um, I guess like originally when everything first started to go on, I was like, oh, wow. You know, like the, because I think my own prejudice came out and I was like, oh, the government, look at these clowns. <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah. You know, it's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> There was just this like adversarial kind of relationship. And then uh, I guess like as they started to assume a little bit more power and started to like, you know, show that the concern is really for the health of the nation, not only as now, but into the future so that we can still recover from this point. I was like, wow, okay. I think I am actually starting to believe that they've got like good intentions and like they're starting to handle this a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. They built trust with you. Yeah. I mean, it, was def- it definitely mm. was that for me as well. Like at the start, it's just like, come on, be more specific. Like what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, but yeah, yeah, now yeah. it's starting to be like, okay, it sounds like they're being much more direct. They're stating things a lot more clearly. It's like, let's build that trust and yeah. actually go through this. I think it's actually a really good moment when government's starting to shine and, and the provisions they're putting in place to protect people's jobs. I think it's been really, really exemplary because... Um, they are sending a very strong signal to people to say, listen, we have your back. And that is what you want from your leaders. Leaders that know when to reassure as well as to know when to warn. And there's been plenty of strong warnings, as you said, David, you know, to be really clear and upfront and direct, you know, is to say, look, if you do this, you're an idiot. You know, and I've heard some of our leaders basically saying that. I'm happy with that kind of language, right? (laughs) Very happy. Um, and I'm also happy with the lack of politics that's been played out throughout this. So this is, yes. has restored a degree of belief that at their heart, most of these public servants are exactly that. They're servants of the public that believe in what they're doing. Uh, I just hope that this sort of, um, this continues after the crisis <laughs> is over. My big fear is, of course, that once the crisis is over, then the, that's when the, uh, the backbiting will happen. That's when the finger pointing will happen. Because we're terrific yeah. in hindsight, right? Everyone's an expert in hindsight, um, and and yeah. I think that applies to leadership beyond the political sphere. I think that applies to leadership in in workplaces. You'll be seeing a lot of businesses who are going to the wall right now. Now some will be leveraging themselves to the hilt. They'll be borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. Some will have cut their fixed costs right down and cut staff. I, you know, there'll be some that don't emerge after the plenty. There'll be yeah. plenty that will will be gone, but there'll be also some interesting stories of survival. And I think we need to make sure we learn through this period. What's a better way to do it in within the context of helping society, right? So not surviving this crisis and being a bastard, you know, by I bought up all those cheap shares and now I can sell off all their assets and sack their staff and now I'm a multi-billionaire. But rather, how can we have been productive and 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 profitable 
or at least setting ourselves up to get back on track and yet still have done the right thing by our people, the right thing by our customers. Um, you know, I think that that, that that should show us a more ethical way of being. You know, that's my hope in any case. You know, we, mm. the, the, there is a big cry for the discussion around ethics, around virtue. These aren't words that we hear a lot in business, right? I think people saw ethics as some sort of compliance sheet post the Royal Commission. Oh, you know, okay, well, we've got to be kind of ethical. What's the, what are the three boxes we have to tick to make sure we're not ripping off Mr. and Mrs. Smith out of their life savings? But now, actually, the conversation is let's do what's right. And, and maybe that's actually, oh, watch out, maybe that's actually profitable. Maybe if we behave ethically... People will buy our stuff, they'll love it, and they'll trust us. Holy cow. Can we do business like that? Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that could be an outcome. That's certainly what I'll be talking about with my clients is to say, well, how do we leverage this huge paradigm shift with people yeah. that we've seen socially to change the way we interact with people? What do we learn about people? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Am I rabbiting on too much, Kurt? Am I just have I just taken it too far, brother? This is really interesting. <laughs> I think I like I I think like that kind of perspective really resonates. You know, given that, um, you know, like there there is always going to be an opportunity to win in the short term, um, right. and that can be at the expense of other people. But if you do right by people, well, people will always do right by you, and like even if that means giving up what you're doing in the meantime. Um, I think just like, you know, if you, if you look after people um, and like you don't just take advantage of them given the opportunity, then, you know, that, that karma is going to come back and really pay dividends and it's going to be like, okay, well, these guys did right by us. We're going to make sure that they're fine. And like sometimes, I mean, the money isn't always the most important thing. Um, although it can seem to be, and although you can do it in a way where you go like, oh, I'm going to be fine, but fuck these guys, whatever. But then, mm. you know, if you're going to mm. do wrong by them, you better expect, like, they might not even be able to recover, but the universe is going to turn you over, bend you down, and yeah. it's going to humble you. There's a certain <laughs> It always involves bending, doesn't it, humbling? Um, but, um, but there is a certain, and, and it is a kind of a magical thinking, isn't it? But that the universe is sort of keeping score but you know it's a little bit more complex than that is that once you put that crap out there it changes the way you are and the way people respond to you personally and that stuff does come back to you and and Mm. and, you know when someone's masking something people around them know and they either endorse it because they're going to make a dollar out of it or they start to defend it against it and that's when the combat begins um you know, now is the time to actually explore what it's like to be powerless. Now is the time to explore what it's like to be vulnerable. Um, what's that feel like? Hang on a sec. W- w- what's that feel like to, to be dependent on Centrelink? What's it like to be dependent on uh, neighbours dropping off food to you? Um, you know, there's a there's yeah. a there's a term mendicancy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that that phrase mendicancy. You know, to receive right and and, you know, it's often associated with being weak. But St. Francis of Assisi, sorry to bring in religion. I mean, I'm not a religious person, but he's a pretty cool dude. Really 
taught that mendicancy is actually a path to God because when you can receive, when you can receive, that requires a letting go of your ego to such a degree that it's actually quite a blessing to receive love, to receive care, to receive help mm. without it being, oh, you know, I've got to, I've got to pay it back or now I look stupid or now I look weak. But to actually say, at this time, I needed and you gave, so thank you. And, and, and there's just an implicit acceptance that if the, the roles were reversed, you would do the same for them. But in this moment, you gave. Um, and it's quite humbling, right? Because, again, it, it, it reveals that we're linked. We're socially bound. We are part of an organism here. We're not individuals that are in a vacuum. We are we're socially bound. And I, I, really, I really hope that people come out of this holding on to some of that social connectedness that they're finding, even though it's virtual. But, you know, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I've got yeah. two kids from a previous marriage who are holed up at their mother's house. I can't see them. I'm isolated from my children right now, which is really hard, really hard, not to have my boys under my roof. But I'm probably talking to them more than I ever did before because they're just FaceTiming, A, probably because they're bored, or B, because they want a password for some program to download or whatever. <laughs> but... But then I'm chatting to them and they're just hanging out and they're saying things like, and I almost fell off my chair. My son went, how are you, Dad? And I went, you're asking me how I am? Oh, my gosh, this is the best ever. Because um, usually kids are just self-obsessed. So even though we're not seeing people face to face, we are connecting beautifully in this time. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, look at us sure. here. We three cats right now. I mean, mm. David's, um, you know, in your room, Kurt, you're in yours and I'm in mine. But here we are in this great chat and we wouldn't be doing this had not this happened. It's pretty cool, right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, it kind of, uh, it, it's a cool thing to think that like, you know, it can bring, uh, like adversity can bring people together, even, you know, like you were saying, virtually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually really like the the point of um, of being able to take help. I think like a, a conversation that that David and I had earlier this year, um, and even like maybe earlier mm-hmm. last month, was like my own personal reluctancy to be able to ask for help. And, like my fucking pride <laughs> yeah. just jumps all the way yeah. in. But then to be like, all right, like yeah. h- humble yourself, Kurt. Like you can't do this on your own. Yeah, we had a full it, chat it, about that. So when you mentioned that, I was like... Did you? Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Did it end well, that conversation? Like, nah, no, we're, no, we're no, shutting we're, the business. We're, we're, we hate each other. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it didn't work out. No, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but it's But it, it's a really good conversation to have. You know, we don't like asking for help. We don't like obligation, right? And we don't... We don't like that when it's transactional, people offer help and they want something in return. And it's unfortunate that those patterns exist in social sort of life. But if we could all just, Mm. if we could all just let go of that need to keep score, of that need to weigh everything up and down according to how does that make me look or how does that make me feel as opposed to well, what's just the right, right thing at this moment in time? Can we in the present moment breathe 
take a really good breath and go, okay, what's the right, what's the virtuous thing to do here? And if sometimes that involves letting others have the limelight or even allowing people to help you, then do it. Um, and notice that pride, I mean, boy, oh boy, pride, right? Ego, my biggest shadow uh, boxer, my ego. Um, and and the, the older I get and the more supposedly wise I get, the more foolish I get, I think. You know, the more that ego is hiding there, it's just more nuanced and it's just trickier and just uh, sort of able to dress up in more benevolent disguises, but it's still there, right? And that's got to be... That's got to be the work that we do, you know, uh, now and forever. Um, but certainly in view of this crisis, there's no time for ego in a crisis, right? And and Donald Trump's finding that out because yeah. that buffoon of a man, <laughs> right? And he is. He's a, he's, a, he's a malignant narcissist. That buffoon of a man wanted to say, we're going to reopen America in two weeks. He poo-poos science because it makes him look bad or... If, even if someone plays back his own words to them, he just outright lies about it. Why? Because it's going to damage his ego. And a lot of people are going to have died as a result of some of those early decisions in the United States. The, the decision to disband the crisis fund, the decision to delay acting on borders, the decision to uh, not mobilize yeah. medical supplies quick enough, all because of him wanting to look good in his market results. And I'll tell you what, there will be a reckoning. And when it happens, I will... I will sit there and I'll just undo a little bottle of wine and I'll pour and I will watch that unfold on uh, CNN. And um, yeah, there you go. Here's my rant. <laughs> yes, I, I guess um, like in light of, you know, coming out of all of, all of the, the crises, uh, what do you reckon would be, I guess like what what are you looking forward to given knowing that this, situation is temporary um on a personal level because of the work that i do i am looking forward to um leading and in getting into discussion with leaders of businesses or emerging leaders to say well what have you learned about yourself and what have you learned about the human race and the human condition i'm really wanting to get into that conversation because i i, I really feel that if we can create as many conversations like that, where not only people process what happened, which is important therapeutically, it's important for the condition of the psyche to progress through that trauma, if you will, but to make meaning out of it in a productive way. I mean, that's my, that's my role as a facilitator, is to facilitate insight. Uh, and they're not my insights that I'm giving people, it's insights that people discover by their own natural talents, but I facilitate the inquiry and... And I am looking forward to saying, okay, so how do, how do we learn from this to be better people, better businesses, better societies, better, better humans, right? That's what I'm excited about because there'll be a lot of pain after this and there'll be a lot of repair needed. And the tendency for people after this will be to go into a few different mindsets. One will be complete victim and despondence despondency right there'll be depression depression will rise anxiety will rise um, people's place in the world may have shifted somewhat there'll be some people that might be chronically out of work as a result of this and we know the statistics are that if people are out of work for more than what is it two to three years they probably are very unlikely to ever go back into full-time work which is a horrible horrible statistic there'll be 
there'll be that. There'll also be those that, like you said earlier, Kurt, that will say, well, screw you, I got what I wanted, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to, that will justify their world belief that it's a Darwinian, it's a social Darwinian experiment, the fittest survive, I'm therefore superior because I survived, you know, and there'll be those behaviours. There'll be behaviours that emerge whereby people will try to forge bonds and maintain that sense of optimism. You know, there'll be a bunch of different things. Our job is to get people thinking and talking in the right way, to really make sense and not ignore the lessons, not ignore the um, the insights gained in the midst of crisis. Because I, I guarantee you right now around the world, people are sitting there going, well, is what I was doing before meaningful? Um, Am I contributing to society? Have I, am I making the world a better place? I think we're going to have a, a ton of respect for our healthcare system after this. There's no doubt about that. But not only healthcare, our bloody Woolworths people. I mean, <laughs> they're superheroes. Um, you put it this way. Um, actors and celebrities aren't the most sought-after thing right now. You know, the Kardashians are not yeah. saving the world right now. Do you know what I mean? But neither is, not, you know, neither are... High-paid lawyers, neither are, um, you know, I mean, mining's not saving us. Investment bankers. Investment bankers, right? Now, that's not to say that any of these people in and of themselves are less than, but I think they've had themselves up on a good pedestal for a while, and we need to just remember, you know, the inherent value in meaningful, purposeful contribution. And... uh, and I think I mean I mean talking to you, Kurt, and I, I know Kurt a bit, I'm probably a lot better than you, David. But if you guys are in cahoots, you're obviously a good person <laughs> too. But Kurt, Kurt, you're obviously you're all about making the world a better place, right? That's your thing. That's what drew me to you, um, and it, it, it's it's uh, it, it's it's. Uh, it's viral, man. Pardon the pun, but it rubs off on people, right? It energizes <laughs> people around you. It's the it's the Corona Kurt virus. I don't know what it is, but it's um. So th- these jokes are getting worse by the minute. But that kind of that kind of sense of contribution rubs off and it energizes. And imagine if we all tapped into that. Imagine, we could just be so much better than we are. And I hope that's some of the lessons that we learn. I'm a realist. Some people won't learn it, but we're nudging in the right direction. I think. And. Um, Sometimes it takes a bloody big crisis to do that. Yeah, yeah definitely. I hear you. I think it's it's um, there's a there's a lot to learn, but I think the the point about like not ignoring the lessons, and um, I guess just you know putting the focus back onto um, you know how we can be better from it. I guess that comes back to the whole control thing. Like we can't really control that there's been a giant pandemic, but you know who we are coming out of it is um, definitely within our control. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and like receiving uh, the, the, the strength of spirit to be able to learn and say, all right, that way of doing things that I was doing or that belief system that I was worshipping, whether it's the altar of money or whatever, maybe... And by the way, earning money is good. I'm not, I'm not a communist. <laughs> but... But uh, but but there's a, it's not it, it's not everything yeah. at all. It should it should be a result of great social behaviour. It should be a, gr- a result of great social enterprise. 
um, rather than the 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 means and the goal itself. You know, um, that's what I truly believe. But you know, I could be completely wrong. I could look back on this years to come and go, "Oh, how naive that was, Simon! You should have just been out there stealing from people." <laughs> boy, boy, um, maybe that's what it was. You know, you know, maybe I should I'll just... have been working on your looting skills. <laughs> I should just be out there saying, "Look." <clears throat> A couple of hey, weeks time, this right? is all going to change. <laughs> We're all this just all gonna looting change. and pillaging everything. <laughs> there'd just be like there'd just be like a burnt down house behind me here, and I'll be just holding like tribal markings on my skin as I eat raw chicken off the bone, saying, "Let's just kill or be killed, boys." <laughs> just a crown of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, that's, just, that's right. <laughs> I am the Lord of Sorbent. I am the Lord. Um. That would be weird. Um, I um, I might need to skedaddle soon, my good friends. Um, I, yeah, no worries. I have uh, I have a little one in the background there that is requiring some attention. But um, uh, how 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 did this go for you? I've, I've enjoyed talking to you. How have you guys found it? Yeah, this is awesome. It's really insightful. Um, just I think in this kind of yeah. time, like just hearing different perspectives and how people are fighting through this or accepting this. Um, it just, it's like going back to that hell help aspect, taking yeah. and receiving and growing from that. Um, so I'm always open to like just talking to people. I've, like I said, I've been That's talking it. to so many other people online, just going like, Hey, how are you going? And yeah. you know, do you need help? Like I need help. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a really interesting period a very self-reflective and also yeah giving type of period yeah cool beautiful yeah kurdistan <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i'd say th this went quite well like really what we'd want to just know is kind of like how people mm. are feeling given that you know everyone from all different walks of life is going to be experiencing the same thing That's so um you know we're all in this whole thing yeah. together yeah <laughs> and um you know, everybody's opinion and everybody's uh, experience is going to be valid. So just being able to see, um, I guess, a more positive light for what we can get coming out of this and knowing that it's going to end mm. is, um, is good. And knowing that there's people out there who are willing to help to build a better future. Yeah. Then hell yeah. That's it. And we have to believe and put our energy on those people, right? Um, it doesn't mean ignore the others, but it just means strengthening those people and supporting them and endorsing them when they take the courageous step, when they offer that alternative view, when they butt against the status quo or when they um, suggest, hey, listen, listen, this ain't working. We've got to give those people air time. And, and, um, and this is why we've got to keep doing the work, the leadership work, the inclusion work, the diversity work. Because all of that stuff is a leadership stuff, right? It's about getting each human to be their uh, ultimate best as well as that social group, you know, being at its best. And if we can, gee, if we can be aiming for that, we may never get there, but we'll get somewhere really awesome, you know? Dear men, I depart to change nappies and to have food thrown in my face. <laughs> Wish awesome. me well. I'll, I will be watching the episodes of... Um, Peppa Pig, all through dinner. Amazing. <laughs> um, you know. And the Wiggles. And the Wiggles, guys. My new gods. Quality. My new gods. Quality broadcast and TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and you guys, um, you guys take care of yourselves, huh? And oh dear. Um, r- really take care of yourselves. Uh, you're terrific men, and uh, you, you look after yourselves. All right. Thank you. And you too. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, we'll be in touch, obviously, during and once the whole thing has settled. <laughs> Damn straight. Prepare for the new world. Oh, beautiful. All right, my friends. Awesome. God bless. Take care. Thank you all. See you. So, as always, we put our podcast, the full video podcast, on our Facebook. And you can also see our snippets on our IG. Our full audio podcasts are also on Spotify, which is linked in our IG and on Facebook. So, check it out if you just want to hear our beautiful voices and our guests' beautiful voices as well. And that's basically that. Sweet. Thanks for stopping by. We'll check you out next time. That sounds weird. You check us out. Wait, don't check us out. Just watch our stuff. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Yeah.